morning. Welcome to Jubilee. This is our men's inheritance meeting this morning. And uh, we are just so glad to be in the presence of the Lord this morning. I just felt that uh, we needed to come before his presence with thanksgiving this morning. So I chose to do Psalm 150 to start. Bless the Lord, O my soul. Psalm 150 and Psalm 103 together in a song called Praise the Lord. So let's pray together as we enter into worship. Heavenly Father, thank you for your goodness. Thank you for your grace. Thank you for your mercy. Thank you for your kindness. Thank you, Lord, that we can get together, Lord God, and worship you and honor you, Lord God. We love you, and we give you all the praise and glory this morning. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Here we go. One, two, three. Praise the Lord in his holy place. Praise the Lord in his wondrous heavens. Praise the Lord for his mighty works. Praise the Lord for his excellent greatness. Praise the Lord with shofars blasting. Praise the Lord with guitars and pianos. Praise the Lord with drums and dancing. Praise him with cymbals, flutes, and strings. And everything that has breath. Praise the Lord. Let's do that part again. Praise the Lord in his holy place. Praise the Lord in his wondrous heavens. Praise the Lord for his mighty works. Praise the Lord for his excellent greatness. Praise the Lord with shofars blasting. Praise the Lord with guitars and pianos. Praise the Lord with drums and dancing. Praise him with cymbals, flutes, and strings. Let everything that has breath Praise the Lord. Okay. I, I am guessing that you guys have breath. And so let's just take a moment right here and give praise to the Lord in your own words. Lord, we just give you praise. We honor you, Lord God. You are worthy. You are worthy of praise, Lord God. Thank you for your goodness. Thank you for your grace. Thank you for your love. Amen. Praise the Lord in his holy place. Praise the Lord in his wondrous heavens. Praise the Lord for his mighty works. Praise the Lord for his excellent greatness. Shofar's blasting. Praise the Lord with guitars and piano. Praise the Lord 
with drums and dancing. Praise him with cymbals, flutes, and strings. Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. Lord, we give you praise. Glory to your name. Bless the Lord, oh my soul. I won't forget all your rewards. You forgave my sins and healed me from Show me love and mercy. Bless the Lord, oh my soul. I won't forget all your rewards. My life is good. I'm feeling strong like an eagle.
This is the air I breathe. This is the air I breathe. Your holy presence living in me. is my daily bread This is my daily bread Your very word spoken through me And I This is the air I breathe. Your holy presence living in me. This is my day. This is my daily bread. Your very word spoken to me. And I, I'm desperate for you. Lord, 
desperate for you. I just want us to pair up, find another brother, and I, was, I believe God wants to release a fresh baptism of the Holy Spirit in each of us with speaking in other tongues. So if that's ever been a struggle for you, speaking in tongues, a perfect place for that to be released. If you just need a refreshing, let's just pair up, pray one for another for a moment. One pray for one, then the other pray for each other, and I'll pray for you online. There, there is, if you're with us in the sanctuary, I know you're feeling the same. The, the Spirit of God is <laughs> stirring up. He is the, that holy presence, the Holy Spirit dwelling, the breath of God. And I just release a new outpouring into your spirit of the Holy Spirit and speaking in tongues, that at least that language of the Spirit so we can pray more perfectly, more completely, when we're beyond words and beyond ability to express our thanks and praise or our problem and prayer. In Jesus' name, receive. Just receive and begin to speak in fresh and new tongue. It's, it's the empowerment of God to go forward with him because he's on the move in the midst of his church, calling us into a new place. So, ho yasalaba. Let the Spirit of God <laughs> fill you, fill your circumstance, fill your mind, fill the emotions, fill every aspect. He is here to fill everything. He's here to be upon all flesh, not part of the flesh, but all the flesh and over all of the inside of you. 
praise you, Jesus. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. A fresh baptism, a new baptism, a fresh baptism, a new baptism. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Praise Jesus. Praise Jesus. Praise Jesus. Praise Jesus. Let it come. Let him just rise up and let him be the infilling, the infilling as we are one spirit, have access all of us to the Father. Oh, praise, 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 praise. Yep, 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 yep. Activation. Speaking out loud in another language you've never spoken in tongues, I say in the name of Jesus, now praise him with another language. I release that power. The Spirit falls on us and fire comes on us and we speak with other tongues as the Spirit gives us the utterance. So let the Spirit give you the words. Release. That's it. Just release it. It can be It doesn't matter where you are and what's happened to you. Just let the sound of his voice come out of you. He knows. He can. Yes, Lord. Okay, amen. That was a pause, a selah. Let's come on in. <clears throat> what a great day. Man, this is by far our, we're in, a, we're in a new place and a good, beautiful place, a beautiful breakfast. And if you thought the breakfast was good, wait till tomorrow's lunch. I mean, not just the food. The food's going to be out of this outstanding, Italian, all kinds of great food. But what's going to be even more outstanding is the presence of God releasing the feast of God, the, the love feast that we're going to be tangibly participating in and carriers and givers. And so I'm so looking forward. So yay, yay, yay. Thank you, men. I want to ask, I want to introduce to you Mike uh, Scherer because he's just, he and his wife, Kristen, Mike, you're going to have to in, disengage. Come on up here need you to engage. I want you to meet Mike, Kristen, Mike and Kristen Sherrod. They are our new youth leaders and a part of just that timing of the Lord. And I'd like for him to give a testimony and like whatever God's stirring in his heart so we can cover and, and speak life and blessing. Right in this room is more authority than probably anywhere in California. And if you release this man to go forth and the, the generation to come into Christ, it will happen. Amen. 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 Oh, yeah. No, that was good. Um, <clears throat> I just saw a release of joy over this room as we were all um, just praying for a rebaptism of the Holy Spirit. And it just reminds me that, you know, when Jesus, when he was talking to the Samaritan woman um, and he said, you know, whoever drinks of my well will never go thirsty. And the thing about a well is you got to keep drinking. And so I just encourage all of us, you know, every day, ask the Holy Spirit to come rebaptize you in the Holy Spirit because I just, I always need a refilling. I, I don't know about you, but I do. So, um, but yeah, the thing that uh, I feel the Holy Spirit um, and the Lord leading us into in this season, especially with the youth group, is Isaiah 43, 19. 
And it says, um, um, right here, um, let me pull it up real quick. It says, remember not the former things, nor consider the things of old. Behold, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs forth. Do you not perceive it? And then it says, um, after that, that um, there's going to be rivers, new rivers that are going to be almost like um, plowed through the wasteland. There's going to be new highways plowed through, new streams that are plowed through. And so um, what has been happening? You know, we see the rain that's coming into Camarillo right now <clears throat> in ways that we never saw. Um, we see like new, almost literally new riverways being poured through like in Ojai and other places. Um, this is what the Lord is doing. Yes. He is showing his bride that it's not going to be like it was before. I'm actually doing something new, doing something fresh. I don't care how long you've been with the Lord. There are stu still new things to be seen. There are new things to be done in your life. You might think that you are done. I declare that you are not done. You might declare that you've seen it all. I'm saying you've just gotten started. Yeah. And so just like John, when he was right before the Lord and the Lord said, come up here in John in uh, Revelation chapter four, he says, come up here and I will show you things like there's an infinite heaven. There's an infinite God that wants to show you something new and you can explore him for a thousand years and you've just begun. You have just begun. You have just tasted the surface. I declare this over every man in this room that you have just tasted the very tip of the goodness of God. You have just tasted the very cup and he wants to pour out something totally new, brand new in all of us right now and it's going to look so incredible and i've been speaking this over the youth room uh, particularly since kristen and i took the job is that the lord is going to transform the youth room in ways that we have never seen we have never seen and so we can agree in that yes we can come together and agree in that it doesn't matter what was done before things were great in the past yes we rejoice in that there's going to be something new that's done here. And so um, another thing, too, I want to encourage everybody in this room, if God has given you a word for your healing, for your breakthrough, I want you to, to stand in that. I want you to stand in that, and I don't want you to ever let that go. Four or five weeks ago, yes, four or five weeks ago, God told me, um, after I'd injured my knee. For those of you who don't know, I, I had a pretty traumatic uh, knee injury to my left knee, and my patellar tendon was completely torn. Um, on top of that, <clears throat> I lost my job the same week, and then the Air Force told me I owe them like $40,000. It was all within like a two-week time period. Um, it was just a crazy amount of stuff. But uh, five weeks ago, I went to a, a healing and deliverance conference and I didn't get healed, but the Lord told me, I want you to take your brace off. And um, I was like, okay, well, I guess I'll take my brace off. And I just did it in faith, not really thinking what it was. And um, every time I'd gone to physical therapy, I was behind the curve. I was like at, you know, I was at like 20 degrees bending mobility when I should have been at like 60 degrees. And 
It was really discouraging. Yesterday, I was at 115 degrees in, in what I was able to move. And I had jumped like 30 degrees in one week. And I didn't, I'd, I'd missed PT because I was doing drill. And the PT doctor, he was like, I'd never seen such a big jump in, in his whole time. And so I want to encourage everyone here, if you're believing for a healing, if you're believing for, and you've been given a promise in something, and God has said, I want you to stand in that promise, don't give up. Just like that word uh, Richard had the other day, he's like, never give up. Never give up. So I'm just going to pray that over you right now. Um, Father, we just thank we, you that. Can, I'm going to interject. Let's all stand. That's what we do when we hear testimony, to receive impartation. But besides what you're just praying over us to never give up, I want you to declare what you just were saying of yeah. what's coming to you. And we're going to get an agreement. Amen. And yeah. we're going to say yes and amen. And there's going to yeah. be a power that's going to come to that. Go ahead. Thank you. Yeah. Holy Spirit, we just invite you right now. We receive you fully, and we, we surrender fully to you. We cast our crowns at your feet. We cast our dignity at our feet. We cast the idea of what is foolish at your feet. We cast anything that, is, that we're holding onto, any vain imagination or pride, we cast down at your feet, God, because we want you to do a new thing in our life. We declare that there is a new thing being done at Jubilee in this city and this entire region in Jesus' name. That waters are going to spring forth, and we will recognize it. We will not be asleep. God, we are going to see the rivers being cut through in places they never cut through. We are going to see our youth, God, empowered, emboldened with the Holy Spirit. Activated in the word of God, encountering the very presence of God. And they, God, will encourage us. They, God, will go out. I decree and declare that you are raising up an army of evangelists in the youth room right now. In Jesus' name, they are going to go out and they are going to radically shift the culture of every school, club, or family, group, unit, or whatever that you have placed in their life, Lord God. We take dominion over every realm, God, that you have given us jurisdictional authority. And I declare, God, that there are new things for us to see in this season. And for every single man who is believing for a breakthrough, that they've been given a word, I declare that they will not give up, they will not grow weary, but they will stand firm in the promises of God. For, we, for you are faithful until the day of Christ Jesus to fulfill it in Jesus' name. Amen. We say amen. We say yes and amen. You can be seated one more time again. I'm going to ask Wes to come because I'm sure you've all heard about last Tuesday's outreach and it's going to happen again this Tuesday and so I want him to share. Thank you, Mike. I was powerful. So excited to be in this room with you guys. I don't know how many have prayed our family into this region, but we made it finally. <laughs> Thank you so much for covering us. It was like everything that was so difficult is becoming so easy all of a sudden. Miss <laughs> Thee over there at Camarillo High, she used to uh, be here at Jubilee. She had my phone number and I couldn't call her. She had my number blocked. And she's the sponsor teacher that wants all that's about to happen that I'm gonna share with you guys to happen and there was no ability to contact her. 
the student leader that was over the club there saw all that we did was a Holy Spirit filled person. And you would think, man, when you see what's happening in Rio Mesa and all these different things you'd want in your campus, he shut it down completely. He started to warp the mind of all the people in the club and tell them the only way to be saved is to pray in tongues. And if you don't pray in tongues, you're not saved and you don't have the Holy Spirit. He just indoctrinated people with just an agenda and hurt people and caused massive division. So all of a sudden we move into town. Mrs. Thee removes him because obviously he's a cancer to the club. And then all of a sudden everything works. And now now these things are happening so it's just it's incredible uh, what's going on so I want to share with you guys uh, really quickly so uh, I became a director of an outreach team with Campus Revolution and it's like an offshoot of Hope for Homeless Youth and they used to partner with us in LA County going into the high schools and doing after school gatherings at local fast food restaurants where when the students would come out we'd sit down with them and trade they trade their time for a, for a combo meal and we'd spend time with them doing spiritual interviews they'd give their life to Christ get baptized in the spirit we'd plug them into local youth groups and make them aware of the campus club that's at their campus so we've seen great fruit and now we desire to take this to another level so we have two mobile cafes that are going to have wrapped vehicles they're going to have hot costco pizza right after school and they're going to have all the parts to repair skateboards and free skateboards and there's going to be a lot of skate park outreaches and it's going to be amazing but until then we got some downloads recognizing the urgency of the hour of this movie jesus revolution so the holy spirit started to speak to us and said why not go where there's walking distance movie theater and walking distance fast food restaurants and gather students after campus time and give them an opportunity to eat for free and then walk over and watch this awesome movie. So last week, many of you gathered and on Monday, we had the opportunity to get out a thousand flyers. And then on Tuesday, we met at McDonald's and we had about 30 or 40 workers and we trained as many people as possible. And then we did the spiritual interviews and half of the students that came in most of them that weren't believers that came in gave their life to Christ the other ones are probably believers that didn't give their lives to Christ and then Peter led the procession and we marched over to the movie and we watched Jesus Revolution and many phone numbers have been given to Mike and many more phone numbers are going to be given to him because the outreach um, also had Julius the student uh, president for the club on campus and he was getting phone numbers the whole time and I don't know if they've connected yet but great things are happening and I'm expecting fruit this Sunday but I'm expecting a lot of fruit coming up because next week Monday we're doing the flyers again Tuesday we're doing McDonald's again and then we're going over to the movie and the one person at McDonald's that was kind of like looking at what we were doing and thinking it was too much because there were so many of us gathering and she didn't actually understand the way that we did what we did has invited us for 15 McDonald's is to do exactly what we've done and this McDonald's and all of them so it's incredible so because of that we got massive favor 
and kind of like what happened last week was the kids get off before six period so they all showed up with their flyers but we weren't there because the outreach is after the normal school time so they showed up with their flyers McDonald's obviously couldn't accept it because we weren't there to pay for the meals da -da 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 -da. so there was some sort of a hiccup but we've apologized to the assistant principal at Camarillo everything's ironed out with the red carpets being rolled out and March 23rd we get to bring 50 Costco pizzas onto Camarillo's campus fill their gymnasium and preach the glorious gospel so super excited about that and uh, yeah so it's the beginning of the beginning this might be the last week of Jesus revolution like at Roxy, but I know it's going across the world. So we're taking advantage of, of the moment of the hour. And uh, we, need your, uh, we need your prayers. We need you to come alongside, join us in the training. I'm telling you, these spiritual interviews, they're as simple as can be. And they just lead students to Christ. And it's just so powerful. Their hearts are open. They're longing for a connection and it's happening. So can we get up and we're gonna pray and let's cover this and let's decree over yeah, this. Let's Anything agree. Let's come agree. to mind on a certain decree? Yeah, no? okay. Yeah, we're gonna agree, yeah. that's our part right here. Yeah. Well, Father, we know that this room has the most authority in California because of what you declared to Mike when he declared over Pastor Steve that the things that he says from heaven will be made manifest in the earth. And I know that Pastor Steve grabbed a hold of that in that declaration. And I decree right now the authority of heaven is about to be made manifest in Camarillo, California. I decree right now that what is decreed in our closet what is spoken to us in private, what we have submitted to in our own time with you, and what we have yielded and surrendered to will be shouted out from the rooftops that the things that have been concealed will be revealed, that the things that have been disguised and hidden that have been long awaited are being made manifest because light makes manifest and the entrance of your word brings light and in your presence is fullness of joy and at your right hand is pleasures forevermore in your presence is fullness of joy. As we walk with you, the light of the world, we become the light of the world. And we have fellowship with one another. And the blood of Jesus cleanses us from all sin. If we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And I'm not just thankful for forgiving me for the bad things I've done. I'm thankful for forgiving me for the bad things I thought that I didn't do in my self-righteous stance. And I'm asking you to burn up self-righteousness right now so that we can grow in our authority.
as I renounce self-righteousness and the men in this movement right here come in agreement with renouncing all self-righteousness I'm asking you for the authority to increase so that when this declaration goes forth with agreement it manifests suddenly it springs forth speedily it comes to pass with compound interest I'm asking you right now search me and show me every presumptuous way about me every assumption every fragmented mindset every perverse ideology every wicked and corrupt place that I've agreed with being good with having it together with knowing better than Remove the critical spirit. Remove the evil eye. I've looked on others and I put them into ungodly depths. Burn up that evil, corrupt eye. Burn up that darkness that's within that causes me to be blind. And make me blind on the inside and then come and shed your light and spread your Holy Spirit within until the light of the gospel, the glorious face of Jesus Christ, begins to be preeminent. I'm asking you for your countenance to glow. You lift up your face. You lift up your countenance upon those that will humble themselves. Help us humble ourselves in this moment. Help us come to the end of what we know is right. And let our impartation come today that we would know no rights but to be made right by the perfect gift of righteousness. I'm asking you to clothe us in righteousness so our declaration is with total authority. So we decree right now that the baskets that are half full will continue to grow. And they won't grow because the papers that are there haven't been answered. They will grow because the answer will be so far surpassing that all the paper in there will have been answered and the ones that are filling the baskets will be the answer to our prayers. I declare that every paper in those baskets is yes and amen answered and coming to pass. But I decree that those ones that are coming in are filling that basket and that basket will not stay full with unanswered prayer for you will overtake the one that plants the seed. I decree the Amos 9.13 revelation to come alive in this house as fast as the planting will go into the soil is as fast as the harvest will come forth. I decree these ones that say your name for the first time will be so raised into your name that no other name will be able to oppose the Christ that's in them. That where they go in their sphere, 
the influence that they herald will not be withstood by powers of darkness. For these ones will grow up into Christ, the head. These ones will decree from the headship of Christ, from the lordship of Christ, submitted under his authority, and there will be manifest evidence of their weakness being made perfect in your glorious strength. Let your power be attracted to humility in our brokenhearted desire to see your fullness. And I'm asking you, Holy Spirit, would you awaken homes again? Would you put it on the heart of the men in this room not to be the priest of their tribe under their roof seven days a week, but would you commission them to carry the priestly anointing for their neighborhood, to carry the priestly anointing for their city, to carry the priestly anointing for their state, to carry the priestly anointing so that there would be a gathering of saints all around the table and there would be olive shoots that come forth from their branch. I'm asking you, Holy Spirit, would you grow the ministry of multiplication like never before? I know there's powerful models and those that have been successful, the discipleship making movements across the globe, the fastest church in the world growing underground, Iran, all that has come from these amazing multiplication, discipleship movements, but I'm asking you for the new thing that Mike declared. Yes, I'm asking you for something that's yes. never been, that multiplies disciples like we've never known, that would absolutely overshadow us and cause us to be in awe. I'm asking for a true baptism of the fear of the Lord. I'm asking you for a sovereign fear of the Lord that would so encompass this region that people would not be able to sleep, that there would be no rest apart from surrender. I'm asking you to shake. I'm asking to break open fallow ground, shake everything that can be shaken, break everything open that can be broken open, and bring forth your right hand, and bring forth your glorious throne, and establish what you have longed to rule in the midst of, in our presence, and cause conviction, and cause revelation through repentance, and bring forth your majesty, and let Jack Hayford's glorious word as he drove up the grade on that day come to pass as he surrounds us in the cloud of witness with others that are bearing witness. Marilyn Nord is here right now. Somebody has a tongue and somebody has an interpretation. It's going to be a declaration from the cloud of witnesses.
For the Lord would say that it is true that what I've spoken will not return to me void, but accomplish the thing which I sent it and the thing to which I prosper it in. And so it is the accumulation of the seeds that have been sown in years and weeping and tears are now coming forth with sheaves and rejoicing and the celebration of my great harvest and awakenings that are happening here, within, and without. And it is my will that this hour is my hour of my power to be seen in my bride. And I come alive and I am bringing forth the word that I spoke decades ago. Mm. I have spoken words decades ago that were set in motion that you thought maybe missed their mark, but no, they waited for the time such as this. For what I speak, I speak eternal. And what I set in motion, I have a temporal moment. And I have that moment is now. So do not expect the old, but anticipate the new. Open your eyes and look and respond and express and prophesy and declare. For now I am speaking for the now. I am the almond branch that is budding. I am the one who's hastening my word and it's being performed. I, the Lord, have spoken. I will perform what I promise. Mm. Thank you, Jesus. Yes, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. We agree. Let's just shout on the count of three in agreement with that word and the declaration coming out from those that so surround us and those that have gone before us and those that labored not in vain, but they labored to pass a torch, a baton, so that the finishing of the race can happen. And we just gonna agree right now through a roar on the count of three. One, two, three. Oh, that's grace! Whoa, yes, Lord. Amen. 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 Thank you, Wes. Be seated, please. We, we, this is such an alive moment, and we're going to stay in it. 2.30 at two, 2.30 on Tuesday at the McDonald's, if you want to come and be a part and get training for the... Yeah. Okay, beautiful. You can talk to Wes for more info. I have four places in my Bible that I wanted just to reference before we just touch on a simple, a simple promise of inheritance. And so the first one is, if you'll, uh, Ezekiel 45, verse 18 through 25, we won't take the time to read it, but if you write it down, it's, uh, uh, it's in Ezekiel's temple, they were given instructions that right two weeks prior to Passover, there was going to be a couple of days of cleansing the temple and preparing it for Passover and then followed by unleavened bread. And that happens to be this year, uh, March the 22nd, which is a Wednesday and then the following Wednesday, and then the following Wednesday in April, the two Wednesdays in April. And we're gonna just activate that word in simple obedience. What that looks like is it's going to be a season of preparation. Uh, if you lived in Israel, you would be very actively busy right now preparing to cleanse, clean your house so that you would be ready for Passover. So you'd be getting rid of the unleavened, you'd be just, it's just a spring house cleaning. How it was done then and how it's done is with, with, the, with the, the sacrifice of the blood. But now we have the power of the blood in communion. So 
What, we're, what I just want to seed you with is that for those four weeks, throughout the weeks, I'm, we're going to have opportunity and, and encourage everyone to be receiving communion. We're going to be doing it in the sanctuary on every Wednesday, and at noon we're going to walk through the building and pray over every doorpost. You can read it again in Ezekiel 40, 45, verse um, 18 through 25. And we're going to pray over the altar. We're going to pray over our hearts. We're going to pray over our homes. I'm going to teach you. I'll share a little more on Wednesday tomorrow morning how we, how you can uh, just by the active taking communion and and by faith placing it around your home and over the doorposts. You can we we it, it, it transfers fresh faith for the full work of the resurrection and of the death and burial of our Lord. So that's coming up. That'll be on the 22nd. Uh, then uh, the this baskets that we've been carrying, which is coming out of Isaiah 43, which is also where, behold, I do a new thing. And this morning, the Lord really caught my attention. And he said, uh, verse 5, I says, Fear not, for I am with you. I will uh, be with your descendants. I will call, I will bring your descendants from the east and I will gather you from the west. I will say to the north, give them up and to the south, do not hold them back. And these baskets have been being prayed over since last year's Passover. Uh, Everyone who is called by my name, whom I have reserved or created from my glory and I've formed, yes, I have made them. And the word of the Lord that really exploded in my spirit was that we're not he didn't call us by our name. He called us by his name. And our identification in Christ and under the glorious name of Jesus means that we are marked and we are we're retrievable. So wherever people wander, for whatever reason they've wandered, there is no uh, inability of God to gather and collect them. And I had a deep moment of intercession two days ago, and I found myself in the spirit and I began to call out to the men that they would come and show themselves. They would come out of hiding from wherever the hiding was. It can be shame. It can be blame. It can be discouragement. It can be distraction, but it would come out. And then I began to pray for the children. And the Lord said, call them home. They're coming home. They're coming home. They're coming home. And so I was there in the spirit watching that begin to happen. Then he said, pray for my daughters. And he said, I want to take off the reproach of their widowhood. I want to take off the shame of their disgrace that they found in Isaiah 55, and I want them to come into being adorned again. So I believe we're in a multi-move of the Spirit that's going to uh, touch everyone and all generations. So the last thing, which is for tomorrow, so I'm bringing this back from 22nd to tomorrow the 12th. <clears throat> Isaiah 25, we are... Uh, in a tangible moment where God begins to say, I'm going to now perform what I promise. You've been living in promise and learning to live there without sight. Now I'm about to bring the promise into sight. It's going to be demonstrated. And he says this, and I'd just like to uh, declare this over us for tomorrow. And if you'll join with me, because I believe there's going to be, this is going to be tangible tomorrow. It already is today, but it's going to be tangible. He said on verse 5, uh, um, no, verse 6, and in, that, in this mountain, the Lord of hosts will make for all people a feast of choice pieces, a feast of wines on lees, a fat things full of marrow, of well-refined wines on lees. 
Whenever the Lord begins, brings forth a new thing, he starts it with a feast. He starts it with a celebration. He starts it with a wedding, a party, a release, because he has to disengage the complexity of the, the stuff that's whatever and however and why ever and wherever, the funk and the, the junk. He just has to go. Then it says, in the midst of that, I will destroy on this mountain, again, Mount Zion, the place where we abide, the surface of the covering cast over all people and the veil that spread over all nations. We know that the veil is placed in our heart and over our mind in the law, but it is removed when we turn to Christ. But there's more than veils. There's the, the veil that's spread over all nations is a fusion of metal, like what we used to call in the Pentecostal movement a brass ceiling, something that's beyond the, the capacity of anyone to break through. It's something God sovereignly has to break through. And it says he's going to destroy that. He's going to swallow it up. It, it gets better. He will swallow up death into eternity, forever, into victory. So where death has stung us and, and, and undone us, it's going to be swallowed up. And this is happening now, and I believe sovereignly we'll see even it begin to happen tangibly tomorrow. The Lord God will wipe away tears from all faces. So tears are the representation of the trauma that we've walked through, the sufferings that we've gone through, the, the confusions that we've lost, the languish, the losses. And all of a sudden he says, I'm going to expunge them. In the New Testament, when he wipes away tears, he goes to the source of the trauma and places the anointing at the source and undoes its, its movement from that point forward. So it's like, he, it's like a reversal, classic inner healing. And I will take, and I will... The rebuke of his people he will take away from all the earth. The rebuke is reproach. It's, it's shame. It's a being made naked. It's being exposed. It's being brought into a place where you don't have any covering. And it says he's going to take it of his people and take it off the earth. So it's a change of season. For the Lord God has spoken. Now this, I believe, we're in at this very moment. And he says, I will be said in that day. So when all of this begins to happen, he says, it will be said in that day, behold, this is our God. We have waited for him, and he has saved us. He's enlarged our area. He's brought us into a broad place, literally. And this is the Lord. We have waited for him. We will be glad and rejoice in his salvation. So the word waiting, being glad and rejoicing is the spirit in which we'll find ourselves, and salvation is Yeshua. We'll find ourselves in Jesus in fullness and ways that were efforts to hold to. We'll all of a sudden be expressing and finding expression. So if you'll enjoy me in prayer for this. Dear Father, I thank you that your words that are spoken in eternal and they are forever. And then they also have set times of demonstration and, and manifestation. We ask you. We agree with you that you are on this mountain, the mountain of Zion, the place where you have ordained your king and the glorious throne that you've given him to rest on from heaven to here, that you are now indeed releasing a feast, the feast of wine, the feast of fat, the feast of praise and covenant promise. You are now indeed coming to the blinders that are over minds and over hearts and even uh, territorial fusions that are being just taken and swallowed up, swallowed up. Yes. And you are coming with intentionality so that you might then deal with us personally where death has taken hold and swallowing it up in victory and into eternity. 
wiping away tears from our eyes and trauma out of our lives so that we might then indeed <coughs> see the reproach that has rested over us, the reputation we picked up, the shame of our widowhood, the youth. All of a sudden, it comes off, removed, and now your salvation. And we boast like Psalm 126. This is our God. We've waited for him. This is him doing this work, not us, him. And this is indeed the one who has brought forth salvation, Jesus. The right hand that has been established now expressed in our midst. Jesus, we've waited for you. We're glad that you've come. We're rejoicing that you're here. We're celebrating what we've been entered into by faith that now is been manifest in this hour. We praise you. We worship you. We thank you. Do it now. And if you just agree with me, you don't have to understand it all. Just say, okay, do it, Dad. Do it, Father. I receive it. You are able to, more than able, more than able. Do it, do it. We receive it. All done. Amen, amen, amen. Wow. Praise you, Jesus. We're just in that moment. I mean, there's just so many. I always know when the Spirit's moving because I'll end up having like five places in my Bible with my fingers in all of them. Because there's so much being said and so much being stirred up. We just thank God for Mike and Kristen. Just really hold them up in prayer. And when Wes and uh, Nicole first started the dream to reach out to uh, the, the schools, we started that. And then the pandemic hit and everything shut down. So these are pent-up promises that are looking for expression. So let's, let's agree together, can we? Just Because you have authority. You really do. We have, you have, if you permit something, God will permit it to happen on the earth and from heaven. If you, if you say, now that can't happen, then, then it's a hindrance that has to be overcome from someone's unbelief. So we just, we just say, let's do it. It's just let it go and rip. So I want to take you to Ephesians. We have just enough time because this inheritance, and you know it, and I'm going to just show it. And I want to just give us, there's an unction that God wants to give. And you've been practicing it. We're in Christ, right? We're inside the anointed one. We're inside Jesus. We have no place outside. We don't want to be even met with God outside of Christ. We are inside of Christ when we don't feel like it. And when we, we, we practice that truth and begin to abide there, then we can become, uh, take the full benefit. Everything that you, you and I face today is in Jesus, in Christ. And you don't have to try to sort out how will it work. You just call it the truth of it being in Christ to be fulfilled as Christ would ordain it to be. And it takes so much pressure and so much stress. And it opens so much more possibilities than trying to sort out what do I do? How do I make? What decision do I make about this situation? You start going, you're, it's all in Christ. And you can I have not found anything that I cannot, that I bring into Christ, that Christ says, that doesn't belong here. He says, it's mine. It's mine. Because if I'm in Christ, my circumstances are in Christ. Amen. Right? If I'm in Christ, my problems are in Christ. And if I'm in Christ, I have an inheritance. That inheritance is in Christ. So in Ephesians chapter 1, we, re we re hear, read this. Uh, in him, verse 12, 13, verse 12 11, verse 11, in him we also have been obtained an inheritance. Where inheritance is such a powerful word, and it, it, it's, 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 
each of us given in Christ, in him, that's in him, we have obtained an inheritance, being predestined according to the purpose of him who works all things according to the counsel of his will. So Father gave us an inheritance in the Son. And that inheritance is, uh, you, cannot, you cannot lose it, though we will wander from it. We'd be like the prodigal and run away and waste all of the, ten, the temporal wealth of that inheritance. But the eternal wealth is reserved in heaven, undefiled, incorruptible, and does not fade away, First Peter 1. Now, at the same time, that inheritance is, is given to us in the Father before time began. So it's, it's, it's not something that God figures out what to do with each of us as we show up or we say yes. He's already set everything in place. That's what the body represents, the many members of the body, each of us uniquely alive. And that inheritance just starts to express without even sometimes our understanding. He goes on, Paul prayed in chapter uh, 16, you know, chapter uh, 1 still, uh, but he prayed in verse 16. He says, I do not cease to give thanks for you making mention of you in my prayers that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. It's the key of everything to know the Father, to know God. Now we can know him in the Son. The eyes of your understanding being enlightened. That's the heart. That's the capacity to process, to think, to receive, and to see. That you may know what is the hope of his calling. So we're saved in a calling. We're called by the Lord. We said yes to the, as we heard him call us, and we said yes, and we're saved. There is a hope of that calling. There's a far-reaching spectrum. So when Mike was saying, we're not done yet, we just got started, that is absolutely true, right? There's no limitation to how far God will bring us in that calling. And what are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints? So Papa has an inheritance in us, and we have an inheritance in Christ. Our inheritance was given to us in Christ before time began according to the Father's counsel of his will that he does according to his own purpose. Purpose means showbread. It's the idea that we have been placed before Father before time began for a purpose within Christ, and he's fully has that before him. And now also the Father's looking at us and saying, I have inside the body of my son, the, 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 the church, the living church, I have an inheritance. And that inheritance has riches of glory in my inheritance. So Father's looking at us and saying, I can't wait to obtain all that I have been given in you. I can't wait to watch what I have done in my son be done in you. I can't wait for you to enjoy my son in the fashion of his exalted place as I brought him to, now I'm bringing you to. So inheritance was a huge thinking. It was a big part of the church. It's not, it's not like the Israel. Israel's inheritance was measurable in land. It was measurable in land and allotted to tribes, and it was, had to be acquired through war, but it was given before they even uh, took one inch of the earth, an inch of, inch of the land of Israel. It was already given as an inheritance by lot, and so it is with us. Uh, David said in Psalm 16, very, we read it just a, a few days ago in our Bible reading, 
he said in Psalm 16, which is a, a something to which we can declare and make our, our proclamation. And I want to just begin in verse, uh, verse 5. O oh Lord, you are the portion of my inheritance and my cup. You maintain my lot. We're going to find again today that, that, the, that our confession of hope before the Lord is our part in practicing the receiving of what was appropriated for us in Christ, but yet to be in times revealed in us in Christ. So you are the portion of my inheritance and my cup, and you maintain my lot. No one can steal who you were called to be from you. No matter what they do or did to you, they cannot take from you what God spoke to you. The lines have fallen to me in pleasant places. Yes, I have a good inheritance. The lines have fallen to me in pleasant places. I have a good inheritance. This is a really good prayer to be praying, just to say out loud. I will bless the Lord who's given me counsel. My heart also instructs me in the night season. My heart helps me to know how to agree with God's truth of his word. I want to be brought out of that night season into the, to the light. I have set the Lord always before me because he is at my right hand. I shall not be moved. So this place of David, therefore my heart is glad, my glory rejoices, my flesh also will rest in hope. And he was so right on in this psalm that he got beyond just a, a, a promise that God gave him, but a, a promise that God now gave his son, Jesus. You will not allow, you will not leave my soul in Sheol. That was for David. Nor will you allow your holy one to see corruption. That was the Jesus called out of the grave in three days. You will show me the path of life. In your presence is fullness of joy. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore. So if you'll take Psalm 16, verse 5 through 11, and make them your declaration unto the Lord for his faithfulness and allow those, accept those truths, you will begin to experience them because we experience what we accept. If we accept defeat, we experience defeat. If we accept resurrection, we begin to experience resurrection. But the authority to experience all that God has done is in the word and in the spirit. So following the Ephesians, Paul speaks with them in... Uh, Acts chapter 20. So the book, the letter of Ephesians. Now he's, Acts chapter 17. He's meeting with the Ephesian elders. And I think I'm going to begin um, in verse, chapter 20, verse 32. And let me see if that's right when we get there. Because I told you that in Israel, you, in the, in, for Israel in the Old Covenant, the, 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 the inheritance was absolutely measurable. It is today for us, but it's in the spirit. And it isn't, it isn't defined in natural settings. You could be the poorest man on earth and one of the richest in heaven. You could be the most uh, con contended over individual that looks pitiful and pathetic and have more authority in the command of Jesus' name. You cannot tell where a believer is by looking where they live, circumstantially. But you can tell by their heart. Their heart will tell who you are. And that's why we have to live in joy and live in peace here, regardless of where we are, because we are not living from where we see. Do you remember, there was a man came to Jesus while he walked the earth and said, 
Master, command my brother to share the inheritance with me. And Jesus had to say, who made me a, a ruler and a judge over you? This is not his purpose to bring, it, he will be a part of our natural inheritance, but he's not, that's not his primary. And then he went on to say that because if, if covetousness holds our heart, which we all know is idolatry, then we become poor with God, even if we become rich in the earth. And our soul, my soul, wants safety and security and stability. And that's where you want bigger barns and to have more stuff because then it makes you say to your soul, you can, you can rest now. You don't have to be afraid. But God said that's not, that's not a wise posture of the heart. That's a foolish posture because if you die, what's going to happen with all your stuff anyway? You have to be rich toward God. So we are a people journeying into a promised land that we cannot tangibly define, but is all within promises given. It's all inside of Christ, and it's unlimited. If we but shift from the sight into the unseen, if we begin to live from the word of God as truth and what the word of God says, I will accept and I will fellowship and I will proclaim and I will live there and I will allow it to be mine in Christ. Never by me, but always in Christ. So Paul is now having to say goodbye to the Ephesians. He's never going to see them again. And um, verse 20, uh, I'm just going to go 28. It's, it's a whole, the whole chapter is precious. Therefore, take heed to yourselves and to the flock among which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers to shepherd the church of God which he purchased with his own blood. We're participants in helping God fulfill his plan. We help one another. We keep one another. I felt the Lord say to me on the way over to charge each of us that next month when we meet, which will be right between uh, Good Friday and Easter Sunday, Resurrection Sunday on the, on the 8th, that we would bring somebody. Ask God for a man that you would reach out to and, and bring along because that's how we help bring about our part in overseeing and being a partner. For I know this, that after my departure... Savage wolves will come in among you, not sparing the flock. And also from among yourselves, men will rise up, speaking perverse things to draw away the disciples after themselves. And this is one of the things the Lord, I think, used the last 40 years to try to kind of bring uh, disengagement from self-ambition, self-ideas, self and self, self, self. Because if we draw a disciple away after ourselves, we've, we've, we've damned them to ourselves. But if we bring people to Christ, then we've given them the life and the light and the person they have to follow. So he says, it's going, to get, it's going to get squirrely. He said, therefore, watch and remember, for three years, I did not cease to warn everyone night and day. In reading the New Testament and reading through, I watched this passion that God puts in his, 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 his elders, his lovers, of, to see that Christ be not maligned and that people not be turned from him but only to him and not away on tangents and doctrines. So now, brethren, I commend you to God and to the word of his grace, which is able to build you up and give you an inheritance among those who are sanctified. So I want to say these three things. 
It is the word of God that builds us up and gives us inheritance through the path, the path, the, pro, the path of sanctification. Sanctification is not salvation. Sanctification can only begin once salvation has been accepted and received in Christ. It's a separating us to the Lord and in his ways and to his word and to his promises. So the word of God is the means to building us up in the faith and giving or transferring to us our inheritance. Uh, so, uh, Acts chapter 26, uh, verse eight, 18. I will begin in verse um, 16. Paul recounts his conversion that released his calling, which has become the vision of his life. A calling, a conversion to a calling to a testimony. And he says, this is what happened. Paul, God speaks to him after he's fallen on the ground. Rise on your feet. I've appeared to you for this reason. And this reason is for all of us. None of us are lacking in this. To make you a minister and a witness of both the things which you have seen and the things which I will yet reveal to you. Our testimony is as important as our position of ministry. The testimony of the minister is part of what allows life to flood, it, flood those truths that are being spoken. A minister is an under oarsman. We're rowing with the Lord. Uh, a testimony, a witness is a martyr, one who's giving witness to Jesus, both the things you've seen and now the things yet to be revealed. I will deliver you from the Jewish people as well as from the Gentiles to whom I now send you to open their eyes. There's a purpose for which we're sent, to open their eyes in order to turn them from darkness to light and from the power of Satan to God that they may receive forgiveness of sins and inheritance among those who are sanctified by faith in me. And we've, we've shared this. Let me just really quickly tell you again. Salvation has at least four components. It's not like a singular linear thought. It's an experience that in, always brings with it repentance. First time you can know that salvation is near, you're thinking thoughts you haven't been thinking, reconsidering thoughts you forgot. You're starting a new path of thinking. That's open your eyes. To, in order to turn from darkness to light, that's conversion or returning. Because once I start thinking clearly, I start turning to the light and away from the darkness and from the power of God and not the power of Satan that may receive forgiveness. That's the remission of sins. That's the removing of that which is cluttered and, and clogged up my relationship. Because if I'm walking in the light, we have fellowship. But if I begin to walk in the, in the shadows, we begin to disengage from fellowship. I'm still in relationship because God is unwilling to, to, to disown me as a son because I'm in the sun. But we don't have the fellowship that we enjoyed until we come back to the light, confess our sin. And we receive forgiveness and an inheritance among those who are sanctified by faith. The inheritance is the remission, is the blessing of the Holy Spirit, the refreshing of the presence. It's that baptism of Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit is the guarantee of the inheritance until the redemption of the purchased possession. Meaning, when you and I are aware of Holy Spirit, we are inside kingdom. We're inside victory. We're inside uh, the earnestness of God. We don't have to go any further. That's why when we have 
we, we practice our day of prayer, daily prayer with our mouths and our hearts, and we encounter the Holy Spirit and the truth. Next thing you know, we are inside kingdom, and God will give us absolutely assurance, sealing by the Holy Spirit. So salvation, repentance, returning, remission, and refreshing. When those four are fluidly happening, you can say, I'm inside salvation. I'm having a salvation encounter, which is the desire of God the Father for us to enjoy every day, to return and to encounter and experience. Now, how does that practically happen? If the inheritance is in the word given to us in the word and to those who are being sanctified. And here Paul said, an inheritance among those who are sanctified by faith in me. It's accepting truth that I don't have the ability to prove and I don't even have the ability yet to point to in my life. But I do accept it as truth being spoken to me by the Spirit in the Word. And so because it's by the Spirit and in the Word, I accept it. That's the beginning point of where sanctification always initiates. It's accepting truth that I cannot prove or promote or, or produce, but I accept it as the truth of God's witness to the Son. And because I accept the witness of his son, then I accept it, therefore, is some place I can be abiding in. Uh, first, Second Thessalonians 2. We will read this tomorrow. We were talking at our table today. Second um, Thessalonians chapter 2, we will read tomorrow. And we're talking about the darkness that's on the earth and what's going to happen. And it, unfortunately, is just going to get darker. In fact, tomorrow the Lord gave me the word, Arise, shine. And that's out of Isaiah 60. And, and if you haven't been shining, tomorrow you're going to start shining. Tomorrow you're going to start shining. It's going to be so fun. But in any case, 2 Thessalonians 2. Uh, I'm just going to go. I'm going to jump ahead to the good stuff. Verse 12. Because I want to I wanna do two things before we, that we have together. And then we can get out, out of here. Or just one. I'll put it all into one closing part of prayer for each other. Verse 13, but we are bound. We are bound to give thanks to God always for you. Though the darkness will get darker, those who will go in delusion and so forth, but we are bound to give thanks for you, brethren, beloved by the Lord. Say, I am beloved by the Lord. I am beloved by the Lord. It's something to say every day. There's so much war against the love of God in you that needs to be a confessed Constantly, I'm so loved in Christ. Because God from the beginning chose you for salvation through sanctification. Sanctification is the journey of life that we're currently walking through. And that is unique. It's all within the scripture, but then it becomes unique in our consecration. Each of us become highlights, highlighted places. This is how this sanctification will, will look in your life. And this is how these are, these are the qualifiers that I'm wanting you to observe. These are, these are the disciplines I want you to give to me. Those don't save us, but they sanctify us. They separate us. They take us out of darkness. They take us out of, out of the things that, that are deception, that will think us, allow us to think because I believe in Jesus and I live like, a, live like hell, that it doesn't really matter when indeed it keeps us from inheritance because the inheritance it has to be releasing the, the lie and coming into truth. And that's constant. 
So because God from the beginning chose you for salvation through sanctification by the spirit and belief in the truth. This is what we started with, men. I come and give God an hour. That's my give coming. I bring my believing heart, my confessing mouth. And then I, with the Holy Spirit and the truth, the word of God, I now present myself before the Lord to agree and accept and receive and, and fellowship and know the Lord and be known there. And when that's happening, there's something more powerful. There's an end game, which we already talked on. It's an end game in which he called you by our gospel for the obtaining, which is to acquire at any means of the glory of our Lord Jesus Christ. I, there's no, there's no other destination that we are all coming into the glory of our Lord Jesus Christ. We are coming into the glory of our Lord Jesus Christ. Arise, shine, for the light has come, and the glory of the Lord is risen upon you. There is a glory in our inheritance. There is the glory of God in the face of Jesus. There is a glory of God in grace, and we are being pulled into, letting go of all things that hinder us, responding with yes and amen to what God has now made yes and amen in the Son, coming into that practice. And that obtaining of the glory of our Lord Jesus Christ, that's, that's the destiny. So we're out of time, but I want to encourage you. I'm going to ask you two questions that I think would be worth pondering, and we can maybe share them for five minutes. When we are called and we say yes to Jesus Christ, when he is revealed in us, he is not just revealed in us in salvation and calling, but also in destiny and inheritance. And I want to ask you, when you first said yes to Jesus, within that first six months, what did God say to you about your life? See, we're not trying to go to a new thing, except that it will be expressed in a new way. But we're actually going back to remembrance to what was said to us before. What did God say to you? What did he say you would do? What was your heart saying, I want to be a part of? You know, we've just watched, so many of us were born in the Jesus movement. And so we watched that Jesus revolution, and you just come alive to, oh, I remember that, I remember that, I remember That's really cool. That's what Peter did in Second Peter. So I'm, I want you to remember I want you to remember. So my question is, what did God say to you that he would do with you? Or what did you say to God you wanted him to do with you? Either both are as genuine as the other. Sometimes we hear the Lord. Sometimes we say to the Lord we want. They're the same thing. They're just the unction of God. Ponder that for the next week. Ponder into that. What did the Lord say? Go back and recount. It's just, it's simple. You just say, Man, Father, I remember the day I said yes. And think about how you felt, where you were, what was going on, what led you to that moment, how you finally surrendered, because it was all surrender, right? None of us came after an extensive search, came and accepted Jesus as the, the best answer there was. Even if we did begin there, there's a point where we realize, you are the Lord, and I say yes, and I accept who you are. I'm not even sure what this means. I'm just saying yes. And with that, yes, you are the Lord, then it says, as Paul said, who are you, Lord? First question to be answered, Jesus. What do you want me to do? Get up, go to the city, it'll be told you. Immediately, the, 
the, the purpose of life is given. And that purpose has not been rescinded. That's probably more about our inheritance is those first six months, six, I don't know how long it would extend, but it's those moments where, where it's just everything's coming in such power and pregnancy. You're making decisions. I'm going to leave the country. I'm going to be a missionary. I'm going to serve the Lord. Those things may have been experienced, succeeded in, failed. It doesn't matter. You have to let go of everything for God to bring what he gave you back to you. It's called death to resurrection. Without death, there is no resurrection. So it does not matter. It's not a condemnation. What we're going into is activation. Because the Holy Spirit will start witnessing. Once you say to the Lord, I remember this and I remember you said that. And, you, and you, what, you're, what we're doing is confessing back to the Lord the confession of our hope. Because I have faith for today. But what doesn't work today, I have hope for tomorrow. You have to have both. You cannot, faith for today, hope for tomorrow, love is eternal. Never changes. So all of a sudden, the activation of hope will come alive. Whoa. Well, you said that. You said I was going to have a marriage ministry, but then I ended up 10 years later getting divorced. Go figure. It doesn't matter. God does not qualify us by our actions. He qualifies us by his son. And all we have to do is accept the word of the son, and we could have gone the most craziest path, zigzag all over, and then God says, oh, we're now at the point I was bringing you to. None of you, all of me. You're old, I'm not. I can perform what I promise. Accept my words, fellowship with me. And, and that... That inheritance, see, because Paul, we didn't get to chapter 26, but he's saying 20 plus years after his conversion, this heavenly vision I have allowed to influence me all my life. So that place where the Lord started, what he initiated, the words he was speaking. And I promise you, right now, we're going to close. I'm just going to close because I want to honor the words. And it's really a time, a, a time alone with the Lord right now. You can share with each other some of your stories, but I, what I'm hearing the Holy Spirit say is that because we, haven't, we have been in the season of dismantling, we have to stop to be remantled. And because we've been in that place of opposition where the, Satan stands at our right hand to oppose us, and because we've been that, trying to do what our job is the best we can and our garments are filthy, with, we have to allow the Lord to speak into us. But by recounting to the Lord, just with thanksgiving, Lord, I just thank you. I can remember the day I was saved. I thank you how what happened to me in that moment. I thank you for what began to transpire in the next six months, the next six years. Just recount the story. It's your testimony. But as you recount your testimony to the Lord in his presence, the Holy Spirit's going to come, and he's going to begin to say, you know, that is absolutely truth, what you're saying about me and about you and about my son and what I accomplished and what I started. And now, and it will be as Joseph, you'll begin to see what God said in the context of where we are and not in the context of where we were when we first heard it. And that is where power, that's where authority starts happening. It's just out of this world authority because no longer are we connected to the dream. 
It's just the dream that God gave over us that now God can perform through us, and it has nothing to do with us. We don't have ambitions attached. We don't have need to attach. We don't have to be famous because we did it. We're just letting God have his word because his word is truth, and his spirit is bringing that work forward. So if you'll stand up, we this, just love you guys. This, this, just time to show ourselves, show up and be before him. This inheritance in Christ is eternal and, and, and is, it does not fade away and it does not change and it's reserved in heaven. And this journey of sanctification where we go through, we have great faith that leads us into great trials that causes us to come into great questioning at times and doubt, even just stopping. But no, we didn't stop. You didn't stop. We're here. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, I now ask the Spirit of God, who is the one who brings to remembrance the things that have been said before by Jesus. Would you sweep upon us as men and women, anyone online, and begin to recount to us as we recount to you the testimony of our salvation. As we begin to recount to you the story of our coming to Christ, you would recount to us the words you were speaking over us in Christ. And though they are long since past the time and season, you would bring forth the eternal word that's in them, that is eternal in inheritance. And no longer would we see it in the light of what we sought to be and had to finally let go because it was just killing us to keep holding it. Now that we're dead, you can bring resurrection. You can begin to speak about what it is way beyond what it could be and what it ever meant to be. It was never about us. It was always about Jesus Christ. It was always about Jesus Christ. Never was it about us. It will happen through us to the glory of God, but it was not for us and not even really about us. We're just the members of the living body flourishing and flowing up into the head. So in the name of Jesus, I now declare the Spirit of the Lord is actively searching both the heavenly annals of our destiny, the scrolls written over us before time began, awakening the words planted in us long ago that, were, that, that set us on journeys and motions and beginning to call it forward into a sense of fellowship and union and inheritance that is more precious than a billion dollars in the bank, more valuable than 16 homes or bigger barns, just this place in Christ, this glorious place. Holy Spirit, we now accept that you'll also remind us as we committed ourselves to believe and accept that we are in Christ. We're not outside, we're inside. That we were made alive together we were raised together, and we are seated together with Christ in heavenly places. So as we behold these glorious words, we will not look at them and judge them through either the deadness of our circumstances or break, scrutinize them by the impossibility of them being performed. We will fellowship with the truth. We will accept the truth. You will give us a fresh new confession of hope that we will hold before you as your sons. 
We declare this is the will of the Lord, the workings of the Spirit, and the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. And we accept it to be a manifest. Lord, be with us in these next couple of weeks, especially in preparation. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Wow, blessing, guys. Thank you for being patient.